It's 4 a.m. I've got a good cup of coffee. And I'm feeling weird. Good morning, and or good evening, or good afternoon, or whenever you're listening, and welcome back to another episode of Stoke the Wild. Uh, Nick, you threw me under the bus there. Totally. <laughs> I totally uh, was like, well, why don't you do the intro in this, as the as intro music, music was, was playing? playing. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome to another episode, everybody. I'm Joy. I'm Nick, and it's so good to have you back with us. We're very excited. I'm very excited. Uh, if I talk too fast or something like that this morning, just know that it's because I'm driving to St. Louis later and I've got a really good cup of coffee, as I stated earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well, I, I am very excited. What are you going though. to St. Louis for? I'm going to St. Louis to uh, go to a work conference, actually. Um, and so I'm very excited about that. It's going to be the Parents' as Teachers Conference put on by the Ounce Institute, and I told someone that yesterday, and they knew what I was talking about. That's cool. I was like, what? How do you know? He doesn't even have any kids. And he knew what the Ounce was. None, not in that, yeah. And and he knew what parents' as teachers was. And Pretty sure he has a daughter, an older daughter. Yeah, but not little kids. No, I know. I don't know. I don't know if he has kids or not. We've never had that conversation. But uh, I I know that he doesn't have little kids living with him. No. Because he was like, I live alone. And then I he was like, Where do you? What are you going to St. Louis for? And I was like, Oh, for the parents' teachers conference. And he was like, Oh yeah, absolutely. And I was like, He knows what it is. Or he's very agreeable. No, and then he was he was <laughs> like, downtown, That's downtown Chicago. And I was like, It it, it is. Yeah. The Ounce Institute. And he's like, yeah, the Ounce of Prevention. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Someone knows. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, no, he he does know what he's talking about. He was telling me about some of that stuff afterwards. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Which was really funny. I didn't know so, that. Um, but it, I did... I just thought it was funny to imagine if he was just extremely like, Oh yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally know what you're talking about. People do I that. I have no idea what you're talking about. People do that to me all the time. They're like, yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, and then later in the conversation, they're like, so you do like, you're like a nurse, right? You do like checkups at people's houses, and I was like, nope, not even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ounce, ounce, yeah, yeah, like uh, ounce of. Food and thing. Ounce of yeah, sugar yeah, yeah. makes the medicine go down. Yeah, parents as teachers. Yeah, yeah. So like you, 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 you teach the parents. Your kindergarten teacher. Uh, yeah, I get all kinds of answers, but yeah, I'm really excited to go to St. Louis. Jump start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your personal trainer. You pe- teach people how to jump. That's jump, my jump, whole job. Jump, jump rope. Start jumping. No, no. Start jumping. Don't stop jumping. Just start. <laughs> Always be starting jumping. Don't ever stop jumping. Don't ever starting. stop starting. Your jumps. <laughs> okay, we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, uh, other than, you know, going to St. Louis, 
joy is. I will be home hanging out with our children. Yep. And it's going to be awesome. Uh, but last week was Inktober week two. Uh, and it's been, this has been, again, as I talked about last week, if you've ever participated in an Inktober event, 31 days of drawing, you have these prompts you can stick to, or you can create your own themes. Um, but it's been, it's been a good, it's been a good two weeks so far. I've kept it light mm -hmm. and easy mm -hmm. with what I'm doing. And so it's been real easy to just knock something out and post it and feel like, okay, I'm, I'm sticking to my goal and not being overwhelmed by it. Yeah. So far, mm -hmm. uh, there's still two weeks left. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, anything can happen, but mm -hmm. it's been, it's been a good couple of, uh, a couple of weeks with that. And as my theme is coffee specifically around what I'm doing at two mile coffee bar in Chicago, um, and the work that I'm doing there, uh, I've been trying to incorporate things either I've learned at the coffee shop or things we have at the coffee shop and just kind of having fun with it. And so the last three days I did these specialty specialty drinks um, as with ink and watercolor. So it's the only three pieces in the set that have actual watercolor in there as well and not just ink, um, just to kind of mm -hmm. set them apart mm -hmm. from the other piece pieces that I'm doing with that, just an ink. Yeah. I love the South Sider painting. That Thank was you. my favorite. Yeah, those were fun so to pretty. do. And they're just little, like, four-by-four four watercolor pieces. They're not huge. Um, but if you but love coffee and cider and two mile, it'd be really pretty to hang up in your house. And they're for sale. So, um, <laughs> but just being able to keep track of, like, what I'm doing in that, in the prompts, mm -hmm. you know, and even... Again, the idea of saying, "Hey, I just want to, I just want to do something creative every day," as simple as yeah. drawing a quick little picture or writing a short poem or a little paragraph of something, has been. It's just been a good reminder to just stay focused, but also to have fun and not be overwhelmed by it. It doesn't have to be this big, monstrous thing that can easily overwhelm, and everything has to be a complete finished, perfect piece. Right. Uh, but just putting something out there and saying, okay, I did this and followed it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're looking at me as you say that with, like, reminding that, like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. I'm, my eyes are closed. It's 4 a.m. <laughs> Wait. Is that a Matchbox 20 song? <clears throat> no. Almost. It's 3 a.m. I'm feeling lonely. Yeah. That's Matchbox 20. But it made me think of that. It's 4 a.m. My eyes are closed. <laughs> um, but you made something this week. Mm-hmm. I'm not done with it, but yeah, I made something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What'd you make? <laughs> I, uh, I did a watercolor out of um, tiny little branch with tiny little leaves that I picked up on a walk um, last week. I had my book with me, my watercolor book with me, and I had put the put the the branches and leaves in the book and uh, like pressed it, and then I remembered I put it in there, and so I was like, well, no, I think I'd like to paint that. Um, and really, the uh, there's only a couple things that I've had um, really good success with painting uh, with watercolor, and one of them is leaves, and the other one is birds. 
and uh, very different things, but that's what seems to be doable for me at the moment. Yeah. Well, as I've seen them so far, the leaves look really good. You've done a good job with those. Thank you. And Thank you. Hopefully, all you guys out there soon will see what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Th- I'll post it when it's done. This, this week, while you're in St. Louis, do you have any plans to do any creative stuff? Yeah, I have a lot of plans. Um, I'm going to have some free time on Monday because I'm going up a little early, as we discussed last week, I think, mm-hmm. to see a friend of mine. I'm really excited to see Bethany from college. and um, But she works uh, during the week, and Monday morning, while she's at work, I'm going to have lots of free time. And, wow, that's tomorrow morning. Not tomorrow while you guys are listening, but it's tomorrow for me. Um, and I'm planning to go to Forest Park. Uh, she says that, she said, quote, it's idyllic this time of year. So that sounds great. Nice. I would love that. Very nice. So I'm going to go to Forest Park for sure and bring my watercolor set and a pencil. I don't think I'm going to bring my oil pastels because I want to challenge myself to just do, do sketching different. and watercolor. Cool. Um, and I'm going to get a good cup of coffee probably and just sit there and in nature outside and do that. And I'm excited about that. Um, I'm also going to try to find um, the Bosnian community while I'm there um, and see if there's any opportunity for exploring art there. I'm going to try to hit up the art museum while I'm in St. Louis. And then one of the nights that I'm there, we're actually going to the city museum as part of the conference. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. It's an event that they're putting on, I think, uh, Wednesday night. So I'm going to be experiencing a lot of different things while I'm there, and I'm very excited about that. Very cool. Yeah. I really want to uh, go to the Bosnian community, find the Bosnian community, go there, and um, do some gesture drawings and like really simple sketches of what I see. Um, and see if I can visit any of the little shops. I've been told that there are lots of little shops and um, places where there are like Bosnian arts and crafts and goods and food. I've been told to go eat the food and then come, like report back like what I thought about the food and whether I enjoyed it. And then I was assured I would definitely enjoy it. And then they were like, you will die over it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so um, I'm going to try and do all those things. You have some people that you know that told you to go check that out? Yes. Um, I know a Bosnian immigrant. And she said, oh, my gosh, you're going to St. Louis. You have to go. It's the largest Bosnian immigrant community in the country and you have to go and then she told me about this little um sausage type food which i'm not going to eat because i don't eat meat but i didn't tell her that um she's like you have to go and you have to have this thing and i forget what she said it was called and she's like they make it with veal and like with pork and like all of this stuff and she's like you have to go and you have to eat it and it'll be so good and you have to tell me what you think and then she she goes i just know you're gonna die it's gonna be so good that's funny (laughs) 
She's like, you have to go and eat the food and go to the shops. Okay. That's so, funny. I'm going to see if I can find it. Well, you got a full week planned, and it's going to be yeah. good, I think, for you between the conference and uh, the activities you're going to try and do. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, well, this week on the show, guys, we want to kind of continue to answer some of the questions that you guys have sent in um, about art and creativity. And uh, this one's going to be, uh, it's not necessarily a simple question, but perhaps it'll be a simpler uh, episode in terms of what we're trying to get to. Um, so, yeah, let's dive in, I guess. Yeah, let's do it. What's the question? So the question comes from our friend and uh, compadre, um, <laughs> known as the old Christopher Campbell. And uh, since he's uh, a, a Midwest plant um, to the UK, I thought I'd go straight Chicago in and how I introduced him. Earlier when I was talking, I, I started noticing my Chicago accent and then they made me laugh because yeah. of the show we were watching last night. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this question comes from Chris, though, and he said, how do you decide when a piece of art is done? Do you ever go back years later to finish it, to look at it again, to decide if you've completely finished it? I think it's a good question because it can be really hard to feel like you're ready to give the piece up to say it's complete, especially mm. early, at least for me, early on when I was starting. Um, yeah. I just wanted to, I was like, no, this isn't perfect. This isn't perfect. No, this isn't. This isn't finished. This isn't what I want to put out there. And, mm -hmm. uh, especially because of social media being like, I don't want people to see this garbage. I'm not ready yet. Mm -hmm. You know, and you just mm -hmm. kind of run through all these different scenarios and ideas and things until you feel like you can snap, post. Oh, people like this kind of, you know, mentality. And yeah. uh, it kind of drains on you. It does. It makes it really hard to enjoy the process and 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 to want to go back and um, not go back to that particular piece, but to want to go back and start a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, I think it's the the chief killer of art for me. It's feeling like you who don't have the piece finished. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Depending on what I'm working on, I guess I should say. Okay, what do you mean then? Well, um, if I am, if I'm doing watercolor, it's almost always like hyper-realistic. I'm trying as hard as I can to make it look like the thing that I am painting. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, freehand it, so to speak. And um, with that, there are very specific parameters, and I know when I'm done. So when I'm using watercolor... It's done when it looks just like the thing <laughs> that I'm looking at. So it's picture perfect. <laughs> it is exact in every way. No, like sometimes I'll add my own like color or my own, um, you know, my own little twist on it. But it doesn't. It rarely deviates. Or if it if it does deviate um, from the thing that I'm looking at then it deviates in terms of, like, lighting or shadowing. Um, yeah, or, like, colors or something like that. But overall, 
the image is like, this is what this looks like. And now the painting looks like the thing. And so now it's done. But like the the one you're doing right now, for example. Yeah. I feel it very much looks like the branches or the branch and leaves. And yet you have not decided it's done. No, it's not done. Uh, I, don't, I haven't added all the details yet and have not erased all the pencil marks yet. And I haven't added the shading yet. So it's not done. Okay. Okay. Um, and I have to, I think that's my biggest worry is that I want to finish it. And I want to finish it this week, but I'm not going to be here at home. I'm not going to be in the same place where I started painting it. And so the shading is going to be different. The lighting is going to be different. That bothers me. Yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't, it's probably not that big of a problem for most people, but for me, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be in a different place working on it. I want to be in the exact same place while I'm working on it. Uh, same lighting, well, well, same well, everything. Well, there are some things you can do to help manipulate that to get it similar. I know. You know, like you were sitting at a desk with a desk lamp kind of over it, and you can probably uh, yeah. mimic that at your hotel. <laughs> yes, but I was also facing a window, and it was a particular type of light, and there was light coming in from outside. Mm. And so, yes, I probably can figure that out, but at the same time, it's not its not the same feeling yeah. for no, me. I, no, I totally understand that. So, but... Uh, it's, so it's like, um, for me, like it's like a, the, the convention sketch versus the at-home commission. Mm -hmm. um, like when I'm at a convention and someone asks for a commission, you know, even if they're like, hey, can you, I'm here all weekend, so I'm signing up on Friday, but I'll pick it up Sunday. Yeah. The quality, um, the quality to some degree is not the same as if it was like a commission I'm at home, I'm working on it because I'm in my mm -hmm. comfortable space at home, mm -hmm. have my music on, I'm not being bothered every 20 minutes with like, you know, by somebody coming up saying, hey, what is this? Can I buy this? You know, and right. obviously that's all good at a convention, but it, inter sure. it interrupts the process. Yeah. And so it's harder to keep like your, especially if you are working in watercolor, mm -hmm. it's harder to keep up with the piece and make sure things are where they need to be and then also Absolutely. handle customers or questions, inquiries as the convention happens. So there is a there is a difference for me between the convention sketch or commission and then the at-home commission when someone asks for something. Yes. Um, it, every, everything from what you're getting in that piece, the size of the piece, and even the price of the piece is going to vary. You know, when I do a commission mm -hmm. at a convention, it's usually a little bit cheaper than if I was going to have someone send it home because... Again, my time is different. Yes, it's more limited. Uh, it, it's more limited. So the size is also probably a little bit smaller, so I make sure I can get it done. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have people who come up and they're like, hey, I'm leaving in like two hours. This is what I want. Can you do this? And you're like, yeah, I can do that. And then you just know that it's going to be a two-hour piece. And so you're getting mm -hmm. two hours worth of work. And, mm -hmm. um, and actually probably less than that, again, with the interruptions. But Right. You know, you make those variables, and so then you have to think, okay, am I giving the customer what they want? Am I reaching a point where I am happy with the piece mm -hmm. enough to say, hey, here you go, here's your character, here's your scenario? Right, and I, I think that's the kind of thing that I struggle with. 
the like this is the only amount of time that I have mm-hmm. and I have you know a goal whether it's something that I decided for myself or something that I agreed to do for another yeah. person and within my time constraints this is what I can do and um, that's really hard for me well I think that brings up a good a good point um, something that I've learned over the years is trying to create even if it's false deadlines, deadlines for myself, like when Mm -hmm. it comes to a piece, even if it's, you know, at a convention, even if it's at a, you know, at home with a commission Mm -hmm. uh, or projects I'm working on for somebody else. Like I just recently got a, got a contract and to do some work for the next couple of weeks. And they're like, we don't really have a deadline, you know, and you're like, I do, (laughs) you know, the sooner the better. And I'm like, okay. Um, I said, well, if you had to pick a day, what day? And then they tell me a day, and I'm like, okay, that's too soon to do that much work. But mm. here's what I'm thinking. Is that all right with you? You know, and working that out. And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah. And I said, okay, if I get that done before then, you know, obviously I'll send it to you. But if not, I am can definitely have it done by this timeline. You know, just so that way we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. They have a, a, a time frame to check in with me at. If for some reason it is going longer, you know, I can let them know what's come up to keep that from happening or whatever. Um, sure. <clears throat> you know, and then in the convention commission, you know, hey, they have two hours. Okay, I've got to get this done. So when a customer comes up, engage, talk, let them know I'm working on a piece. If they have any questions, you know, let me know. And try to stay engaged enough so that way, you know, if a sale is going to transpire, I can be available. But if not, it's easy to tell pretty quickly mm-hmm. and I can keep working on the piece. Right. You know, I'm making sure that, okay, I need to have this much done at this time for when that customer comes back. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so then it becomes about time investment. Yes. Even more so than me being like, yeah, this is... This is complete. This is done. Yeah. Uh, but I had to, I had to learn that. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't an, a like, oh yeah, of course, like you're just going to get this. There were plenty of times where the time came for a customer to pick up a commission, especially in my first couple of conventions where I'm like, I'm not happy with this at all. I hope you are, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Like I didn't say that out loud, but in right. my mind I'm like, oh. This isn't what I wanted. This is not what I wanted to give them. I don't feel like it's my best work. Mm. And I felt like I didn't have enough time Mm -hmm. because I wasn't managing that well. And, Mm. you know, I was learning a lot early on. Mm -hmm. Being in a convention scene for the first, you know, two or three times, everything was just kind of overwhelming to have people interested in your work, let alone um, wanting to buy an original piece right there. It was hard to put the same type of emotional energy into what you were creating. Um, sure. And it, and it just kind of took time for me to reach that point of comfort in that area to be able to work on that. Yeah. Now, for me, with, like, other pieces, other mediums, um, I will finish them in one sitting. Actually, with almost everything. I I don't regularly... Um, even if I know that I'll have time again the next day or something like that, I don't leave a piece unfinished. I finish everything in one sitting um, because I feel like I get in this rhythm and I get in this groove and I just keep going and mm-hmm. then it's finished. And and I'm like, yeah, this is great. 
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like I said, with watercolor, it's like, okay, it looks like the thing that I'm looking at. And so therefore it is done. Um, I have completed all the detailing and the lines and the shadowing. And so now it's done. Mm-hmm. But when I'm working with acrylic paint or oil paint or oil pastels, uh, I'm a lot more freeform than that. I'm not usually looking at anything as a model. I'm just making it up as I go along. I don't usually have an end goal in mind. I just kind of start, uh, particularly with oil pastels. I just kind of start doing stuff. So your end then becomes not necessarily predetermined yeah you just go until it feels complete till i like it yeah until yeah. i'm just like this feels good so when it comes to a standard piece that i'm working on at home something that i'm either developing from scratch or even if it is a at-home commission mm-hmm. uh that i know i have time on that it's not a quick turnaround mm-hmm. um you know even right now as i have my commission list open for the holidays you know i'm like hey order by this time so that way you can receive it in time. It's also a timeline. Yeah. So that way I have time, you know, time to work on it. But also there's time for it to like be shipped somewhere and oh, all yeah. that stuff. And there's, yeah. you know, plenty of time in between, right? So even when I'm doing stuff like that, I have my concept phase where I try to like lay out what I'm going to actually put on the bigger paper. You know, my watercolor paper or whatever I'm doing. Mm. Figuring out what it's going to look like, my composition. Right. Um, any of those things that I can determine ahead of time so that way I have as little mess on that paper as possible. Okay. Um, and then once I get to my big piece, you know, the the big canvas piece, the big watercolor piece, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, as I start adding my pencils and drawing in there, I still kind of do a rough sketch and then... I'll go back and I'll tighten it up with pencils and clean it up mm-hmm. uh, with eraser and all that stuff and then add, you know, tighter pencils. Mm-hmm. And um, depending on what I'm trying to accomplish with the texture and tone of the piece, I will either do my watercolor first or my ink first. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, uh, you know, if I do if I do my ink first, I use a certain type of inks that won't bleed with the water afterwards. Okay, yeah, because I was like, hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I just use a certain type of inks, uh, specifically the um, Copic um, or Copic, depending on how they say it. I never know. Uh, <laughs> I'm always, I always get it wrong. Um, uh, but I use the uh, Copic multi-liners. Um, which are, um, they're uh, like bleed proof or something. Yeah. Like they won't. Yeah. They don't, they don't smear. They don't. Yeah. Smudge. Yeah. They are, they don't a, like, they have a certain base that I cannot think of right now. Uh, so they're, they're not oh. water soluble, you know, so they don't, oh. they don't spread yeah. once you add water to it. Cool. Uh, which is great, you know, and and obviously they're designed specifically for use with the Copic marker set mm-hmm. in the same way, which are an alcohol-based marker. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go down and dry quickly, but they also allow, like if you're 
if you're quick and good enough with the markers, they also allow for blending and you know bleeding of the marker themselves, but that doesn't go through the ink if you're That's using cool. the same you know set. <clears throat> now, if I use like a traditional ink with like a nib or um, a brush pen, which has like a wetter ink to it, yeah, those will smear. They will, yeah, and they'll smudge. And so, if I am going to use that for whatever reason. I do that after my piece is dried with the watercolor because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how long I've let it sit there, the water reactivates that. Mm, yeah. Um, and so whatever it is I'm doing, whether it's the watercolor or the ink, you know, I'll do that next step um, before I get to that point of saying, okay, what what is it missing? What do I need to complete this? Mm. What are the little details that I've missed in either the color, the texture, the tone, mm-hmm. um, composition, the lighting, that then I go back and, and add. You know, and you trying to hit you try to hit all those as you're creating the piece. Yeah. But sometimes you look at it as you've reached the close to the end and you're like, Okay, oh, you know what this needs? It needs like a splash of white here or this little bit of white to em- uh, emphasize like a reflection or mm-hmm. like the white of the eye, mm-hmm. you know, as light refracts and yeah. um all that stuff, you know, that you try to incorporate so that way it has a sense of realism to it or reality mm-hmm. to it. So it's not just, you know, a two-dimensional drawing like flat on the paper. You want to yeah. bring some life to it. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think I've mentioned this before early on uh, as we were getting started with the podcast 24 episodes ago. We're on episode 25, which is crazy. That is crazy. 25. We're just 75 episodes away from 100 episodes. <laughs> Quarter of a way there. Yeah, and halfway to 50, which is pretty stellar. Yeah. It's cool. Um, so uh, maybe we should do something when we hit 50. We should. Yeah, we should. It'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Next week is our six-month anniversary with this. Wow. Which is wild. That's weird. Yeah. I think, well, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> so anyway. <gasps> Uh, but what, anyway, when I, I think I said this early on, you know, as we were first starting with the podcast, but, uh, my friend Caleb King, um, who I'm going to get on the show here soon. Um, he's a watercolor artist and he taught me a lot about what I know uh, when it comes to painting and watercolor, uh, as a mentor, he kind of took me under his wing and showed me some things, um, when I was first getting started and he helped kind of hone some of what I do with my art. I remember him telling me, um, you know, creating a piece is a lot like building a pyramid and there's layer after layer and step after step as you're creating and you don't really know you're at the end until you get to the end. Hmm. You don't really know that you've reached the top until you reach the top, but, you know, just like the top of a pyramid, you know, if you try to go one step higher, there's nothing there's there, nothing there and you have to, you have to judge what is too much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better to err on the side of I'm not quite close to that top point, but if I go just a little too far by mm-hmm. mistake, I'm going to ruin the piece. I'm going to mess up the piece or it's, yeah. you know, unsavable. Yeah. And that's happened to me before. Like I've been doing something. I'm like, oh, you know, this looks really cool. I feel like maybe a lot, one more like line on the face here would, mm-hmm. you know, add to it. Mm-hmm. And then you ink it down. You're like, now it went from, Young Steve Rogers to old man Endgame Steve Rogers because that <laughs> line made him look like an old person or mm-hmm. whatever, and you mm-hmm. can't take it back. And 
all of a sudden it's changed the whole feel of the piece or whatever it might be. Yeah, absolutely. And so only you, you know, as the artist, only you as the one who by trial and error is creating and developing, you know, your artwork really mm -hmm. can determine when it's, when it's finished. Yeah. And there is no set in stone saying, okay, this is when it is complete. Yeah. I mean, I remember particularly in college when I had more time to work on things and to create art. And I, I remember like choosing to be late to something or skipping it all together because I felt like the piece I was working on wasn't finished yet, wasn't complete. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that feeling of like, okay, I'm happy with this and I feel good about it. And, and so I would choose to be late to things. I would skip things because I couldn't, um, I couldn't leave it unfinished. Yeah. And I couldn't finish it later. It was like, because I tried it sometimes. I would say, okay, this is fine. It's okay. I'm going to finish it later. No. It was... <laughs> No. No, I would go back to it, and it I was... I rebuked you, class. It was terrible. I'm not going to you. I've got to finish this painting. Which, like, I need to just... Those instances were few and far between. I did not do that very often. Uh, I think if I was going to skip something, it was usually... It was usually chapel. Sorry, guys. Slash and dash. <sighs> Well, until I think they call it fob and dob now. I don't remember. Like <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say partway through my time there, we got fobs, and you had to fob into chapel. Yeah, and yeah, that was easy. Like, wouldn't you wouldn't believe the mass, the mass exodus of people who would just like walk up, fob, walk away, Bleep. like yeah. just boop, and then leave. Um, made it a lot easier to slash and dash, um, but. The point is, I didn't just ditch class all the time because I was working on a piece of art. I enjoyed my linguistics classes a ton. I loved them. I didn't like skipping class. I wanted to do well in my studies. But uh, if it was a class that I didn't really like or something that was not very interesting to me and I had multiple cuts available to me, I would occasionally take one yeah. to finish a piece because for me, it wasn't just I'm doing this for fun. It was also a really good coping mechanism for like my stress levels and stuff. And I don't know if I realized that at the time, but it, it was. So I would keep going until I felt like the piece was done. But yeah, the idea of going back, finishing it later, I tried it a few times in college and it went poorly. It went terribly. And I could never finish the piece. I could never go back and um, never felt good about it. And I would usually just end up ditching the whole thing. I would just throw it away because I hated it so much. So that's where I do feel a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, only because, like, there have been pieces that are quite big that, like, physically mm -hmm. I just couldn't They're complete. just physically large. Yeah. Couldn't, compl couldn't complete them in a day, you know, or in three or four hours. And you have to, like, return to it. And that's where, like, the deadline helps. Um, because then you can say, hey, this is my time for today to work on this piece. And then I work on another piece. And 
doing things in certain stages allow then for you to be like, okay, I've completed this stage. Um, it is harder, especially if it's watercolor, for me to turn that off. Um, like yeah. When I get to the painting time, because yeah. if I need these paints to work a certain way together, um, it works best while everything is in motion and mostly wet. If I have, yeah. if I'm doing some layering and I need an area to be dry before I go back, you know, that's a little bit different. I, I try mm -hmm. to get that first layer done then or that second layer done before I go back and add to it. And if that happens, I can set it aside. Mm -hmm. But it really depends on the tone and emotion of that piece and then that approach. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I think that that's a lot harder to do if you don't have a vision, if you don't have an end goal in mind. Like if you don't know what you're, fin mm -hmm. you know, what you're making well that's where the concept stage is important especially right. especially so i'm not you know a professional by any means <clears throat> but in the things that i've seen studied and have attempted uh, as someone who's done comic conventions like that's where the concept stage is so important yeah you know so you're not wasting all this completed time like completing a piece that then you're unhappy with you can mm -hmm. kind of do these thumbnail sketches, these concept sketches to figure things out and mm -hmm. then go, okay, this is the pose I like. This is the people I like in the piece. This is what I want it to kind of, you know, look like. And then you build from there. And yeah, it might change a little yeah. bit, but you at least have an idea of what you're getting to versus just going, well, I'm just going to start painting and see what happens, mm -hmm. you know, which there is yeah. a, there is a field for that. There is a, yeah. you know, direction for that, but in, comics it's usually not that you know you kind of need right. to know where you're going before you even start yeah uh, so that way you can create your story so as a visual storyteller as someone who then uses utilizes that in in the storytelling process just like crafting an outline or knowing where you're going with your your book or whatever you know mm -hmm. you know where the end is going so you can write the things in between it's usually not just like well we'll see what happens along the way <laughs> right Right. I'm sure that does happen. Yeah. But it's probably rarer than we realize. Yeah, probably. I mean, and I I do think that's where you and I differ a lot in, in art. I don't, I don't usually like the feeling of having a concept already figured out before I start. But your, your pieces also tell a different type of story. Yeah. They're, they they're not... They're not necessarily like the linear story of, uh, you know, a comic or a, sure. um, you know, a book or whatever. It's more no. of like a Tarantino, here's a one-off kind of, yeah, you know, piece. Yeah. And maybe you'll have something in a similar universe related to it. But not usually. But yeah, it's very rare. Yeah. Usually my stuff is all pretty standalone. But I think that that's what I like about it so much. When I do see a finished piece of mine... Um, here come the heat's kicking on. Oh, I'm like, what is that noise? Yeah, it's too cold for me to turn it off. I'm sorry. Okay. I thought too, a kid was up. I'm too cold. I did too at first, but yeah, it's a furnace. Okay. Furnace, not furnace. This, this, this old furnace stand. <laughs> <laughs> someone, someone yesterday posted on Facebook, oh, do, do you guys turn your heat on in October? We don't turn it on in my house till November. And I was like, are you kidding me? We live in the Midwest and it's cold. That is so loud. Is it? It is really loud. I'll I'll turn it off. Okay. Turn it off. I'll just sit in my blanket the whole time. 
Can you get up I'm, to... Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Yep. All those little noises as we turn that off. Then I'll probably take a <laughs> It'll minute stop anyway. in a minute, yeah. Um, um, but but, it, but it's different, right? It's yeah. like that, that idea of like crafting a story, you kind of need to know where you're going. And so you have an idea of what that end is going to be like. It's far different than, you know, just saying, hey, I want, I know what the feel maybe of this piece is, this singular piece. And you craft it as you go because you could, yeah. you know, emote that feeling and kind of adjust to get that feeling. And, exactly. And all that stuff versus saying, no, I really need to tell the story in multiple pieces. So I need to know where I'm going with it or mm-hmm. in this scene. And I think that it might even be something, you know, if, if you, you know, as you listen to this, you're not a visual storyteller. Like you're not someone who's like, oh, I, I tried to create pieces that tell a story overall. Maybe it's just singular, like joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be good to maybe challenge yourself because it might it might shift how you see your pieces mm-hmm. um, in the future. And even if you you know go back and to those one off type of stuff. Oh my goodness, that is so loud. It's like distracting. I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I it's driving me nuts. earlier. We talked about this, and Nick said, "Don't you want to turn the heat off?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's probably not that loud." Also, it's really really cold. Except for we're right next to the furnace when it kicks on. That's true. So sorry, guys. Nick is going to really stress out over this later when he's editing. Oh, no. I, you guys are going to have to listen to all of this because I had to. <laughs> the, uh, <clears throat> anyway. I don't think anyone cares as much as you do. The challenge of like sitting there and putting those parameters on yourself, like we've talked about the, like last week, you know, saying I'm going to, uh, or maybe it was two weeks ago, but saying I'm going to put these parameters on myself. I'm going to say that I only have this. Yeah kind of framework to work in to create a piece and what will happen by doing that Mm -hmm. it turned off oh thank god i was just gonna say let's turn this off and try again (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness so um you can see that like nick and i are different in this way so different i'm like people will understand it's cold you know what are we gonna do when it's february and it's negative 12 degrees out not be by the furnace where it's the loudest. We will record somewhere. I don't care if it's a closet. <laughs> we will record somewhere where it's not right next to the machine going. <laughs> Please leave that noise in. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Again, for a third time, when you, like, if you set parameters and you, like, craft this idea for yourself, it challenges you to think differently about, yeah. about your art, right? It does. So if trying to determine how how do I know when my piece is done is hard for you, maybe put a parameter on yourself giving you a finite type of ending. I'm trying to tell a story, so it needs to reach this point before this is complete. So this scene needs to look like this if I'm going to get to the next scene and the next scene, etc. And maybe that will help you at least get into a rhythm of understanding, okay, yeah, I, I have a feeling of what complete is for me. So that way, when you have a more freeform piece that you're just creating from scratch, you have more of that feeling of knowing when something is done. Like mm-hmm. when I was first starting and I was creating all those pieces, even as story type pieces, Yeah. and without knowing I was reaching an end, that's when I would overdo it. Because I'm like, eh, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? Paint, paint, paint. Is it done yet? Pa, paint, paint, paint. And then I'm like, I hate this. Mm. it was only when I started doing it over and over again and I tried miserably 
most often to like create my own little comic things and jokes and stories and stuff like that that it got me into more of a rhythm of mm. you know fi- finding where that end was that I could yeah. play with yeah well and I think that there like you said there is a lot of value in that and I think that um I think that there's a lot of of good that can come of challenging oneself in that way um I I do still think stubbornly that there is value in in my way. Yeah, and like in the. Oh, in I'm the, not in, saying I'm not saying don't do it at all. Yeah, I'm saying if that's something you're like, no, I'd like to, I'd like to try and you know I do struggle with figuring out when a piece is done. Sure, that might be helpful. It's all I'm yeah. suggesting. You don't have to do it. Yeah, it just might be good to challenge yourself to do it. Yeah, well, and like I think that it's a different it's a different concept too, right? So when I'm using. Um, like my oil pastels or something like that, and I don't have a concept in mind before I begin. Uh, I it's um, we're gonna get weird. It's gonna sound weird. Joy's been doing psychedelics, shrooms, <laughs> getting crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Although I did see an advertisement for like mushroom coffee, and I was like, no, that sounds terrible. And I never want to try that. Anyway, my point is, for me, it's I almost feel like it's hard to describe, but when I start one of those freeform pieces where I don't necessarily have a concept at the beginning, like in terms of this is where I'm going, it's because I am working with certain movements and certain... Um, color schemes that are in line with my emotional state at that time. Sure. So depending on how I'm feeling, I choose particular colors within a particular framework and I use particular lines in a, you know, within a particular framework and shapes and so on and so forth. All of those things um they're they're within the parameters of my emotional state and i yeah. have particular colors and particular things uh and, and styles for each emotional state if that makes sense it does so that's like the concept in and of itself like i, I know that i'm staying within these parameters because that's where i am emotionally so you do conceptualize and you do set parameters, but it's an internal setup versus an ex- external one. Yeah, like it's I would do. Yeah, and it is implicit. So I don't um I don't think okay, I am going to do these things only uh and I'm only going to use these colors. I just uh this this is where it gets weird. Um, when I'm feeling a particular way, that's the color that I see, you know, um, and the color that I use is the color that I see in my mind. Uh, so in a similar way, the, like the lines and shape pieces that I've made recently. Yes. Those came from a freeform, uh, like type of yeah doodling and sketching and messing. And then I right. was like, I really like this. And I just kept playing with it for like a couple of weeks and created some pieces. Right. So I, I'm not saying there's no room for value in that. Right. 
uh, at all. I think it's just a different a way good, of doing things. And if you're used to one way, mm-hmm. whatever that is, it's switching good, it up it's good to challenge is yourself. a good way to also breaks through some of those creative blocks that you might be having. Again, similar yeah. to things we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know, changing some of that stuff allows for you to to approach things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to decide when a piece is finished, that's really dependent on you as the artist. Yeah. And knowing what is enough and what you're okay with. And perfect is not, while that is a nice idea, nothing is ever perfect. And yeah. we, Even if we look back on pieces we loved at the time and go, oh, I see where I missed something here. It would have been mm-hmm. great if I had added that. Um, yeah. But I've I've never go back and then add to a piece I've already done. If I decide I really like the composition and, you know, what I put into that piece, mm-hmm. I might redraw it and try and do something similar and mm-hmm. kind of do a side-by-side comparison so that way I can see from, you know, 2015 to 2020 what my, you know, growth as an artist was. Uh, but it's never a, I'm just going to go back over this to make it perfect or to finish it or feel like it's right now. Yeah. Well, and I, it's definitely not years later. I would never go back years later, uh, and, and do it for me. Um, decades, centuries, no millennia, no U- universi, no, um, no, but, uh, it does make me, uh, when we were talking about this just a few minutes ago, it makes me think of um, synesthesia and people who have synesthesia. And there are a lot of artists with uh, synesthesia who will play a particular song and that's their parameter. So like when the song ends, the piece is done. Um, and and things like that. And, so, and they don't go back and redo it. Right. And what has been made has been made. Right. All right. Well, hopefully that answers enough of that question for you guys and uh, for you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> but if you guys have any thoughts on that as well, feel free to email us, stokethewild at gmail.com. Yeah. And give us your thoughts on that or shoot us a DM, hit us in the comments of the social medias. And uh, we'd love to hear what you think regarding knowing when a piece is finished. But now it's time for the segment of the show that we call What We Gonna Do Today. All right, so we know that Joy is going to St. Louis, mm-hmm. and she has her week planned out of what she's going to be doing today and tomorrow yeah. and all week. I'm excited. So and you're taking your watercolor things with uh-huh. you and working on some stuff and seeing some art. Yeah. I'm also taking my coffee stuff with me, so I'll probably end up making coffee for my colleagues nice. at least a handful of times because <laughs> that is art. Making a, a good cup of coffee is art. Yesterday, I got to practice my coffee making skills. Yeah, tell us about that. Uh, so, I, I work at Two Mile Coffee Bar, and uh, I've been working there for um, about a month and a half now. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yesterday was my first day on the bar and yeah. making drinks, which I've been doing a little bit of practice on. So, steaming the milk, pulling the shots, that's cool. Putting ounces into prevention. And all that stuff, uh, <laughs> that's a callback from earlier in the episode. Yes. Um, no, but, but putting everything together and, uh, yeah, learning a lot. And, uh, my sister-in-law Greta has been a great teacher 
Um, she's like mm. the pro. Yeah. And uh, so she's been a great teacher, though, uh, going through all that stuff. And my coworkers have been great as I've worked with them. And uh, it's just a fun atmosphere. So learning and, and doing that has been fun. But I just it makes me want to get a small, single espresso machine with like the steamer and everything and like oh, yeah. practice. Sounds I'm like, great. oh, this is so much fun. And I can make lattes and cappuccinos and Little things. all the different things. Make other things. And again, maybe convince Greta that I have an idea for at least one specialty drink. Yeah. It's <laughs> <That's> my secret, <laughs> secret plan. So, Greta, if you're listening to this, I have a secret plan to get you to pick an idea I have. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. It's cool. It's good. It's cool. It's cool. I think that that would be great. Sounds like a great idea to me. Let's do it. Let's get a An espresso machine. little espresso <laughs> machine with a steamer, and we could probably find a used one somewhere that's in good shape. $6,000. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they yeah. are really expensive. Uh, but anyway, so other than doing that yesterday, my, my, what we're going to do today in terms of this week, like Inktober week three, obviously, uh, prominent as I continue to knock out those pieces and again, keeping it simple, keeping it fun and the parameters of using ink mostly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, is, has been fun and enjoyable. Uh, but I also got this contract and some work I got to do for that regarding some design stuff. Um, and I finally heard back from that other place. Yeah. <laughs> that I, be, I still, still can't tell you what yet. Still. But, uh, Man, it's, yeah. This is like the third week we've talked about it, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I, I may live to regret this. But the... Um, but just working out these details, you know, sometimes these things take take a while, and I'm trying to be patient and also like yeah. smart about everything. But continuing to work through this stuff, so it seems like everybody's excited and on board. Um, but it's just getting all the details nailed down before I can talk about it and things move forward. So in that moment, you sounded very Chicagoan. Before I could talk about it. You no, know, even before, before that, when you said nailed down, all the details nailed down. You know, you gotta get them nailed down. So, uh, but it's fun. It's, it's going to be great. I'm really excited. And even just this contract I got yesterday. Yeah. was beautifully timed. <laughs> but also just, it's, it's good stuff. And I, it ebbs and flows. Yeah, it does. And sometimes the ebbing really should be more flowing. Yeah. And sometimes the ebbing just feels like it takes forever. Yeah. But it, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, and but it's it, it is fun and enjoyable, and having things like the coffee shop mm-hmm. and other stuff going on has been nice to kind of switch up the routines. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as always, you guys can contact us stokethewild at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, find us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Stoke the Wild. And you can let us know some of the projects you're working on, some of the things you've got going on in your lives, and we'd love to share that with you. Um, And we also have our Stoke the Wild store, stokethewild.com slash store, stokethewild.com slash store. In case you didn't hear it, as Joy was going, we do. Yeah. As I was. I'm sorry. (laughs) Saying that. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. where we have, so all of my original paintings and even some of the prints um, and a couple of things are there, some stickers, things like that that I've created mm-hmm. um, that we have. Uh, but then also 
think I mentioned it last week. I opened up a threadless shop, so they do all the printing for that, and I can just create a design. Um, so I've created some designs, and that's up on the threadless shop. Mm-hmm. And we've had some people order T-shirts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which is awesome. But you can get sweatshirts, T-shirts, tank tops, different things. And, uh, you know, they put it into production and send it directly to you, which is great. And it helps mm-hmm. us uh, with the show and with things we've got going on uh, to stay up to date on that. And you can find that at stokethewild.threadless.com. You mm-hmm. can also support us on Patreon, um, chuck in a buck, and help us. You know, help support us and be a part of what we've got going on. We also have, though, a couple of cool reward tiers if you join where you can get some cool things like a limited edition poster and um, be a part of some of the cool stuff we're doing behind the scenes as well. And Mm -hmm. you can find us at patreon.com slash stoke the wild to support us there. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find me at Nick Dirtinger Art. You can find me at JM Dirtinger. And stay in touch, guys. We hope you have an awesome week. Next week, we're going to talk to Joy about some of the things she did in St. Louis. And it's so going to be great. We hope you check that out as we celebrate six months, episode 26, next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.